Hello and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tankar, and this is another in our series of the Designers and Makers Fireside Chats. Fireside Chat because uh, an interview is more scripted than we will ever be. Expect us to have very little in the way of rails. It's very much going to be a hex crawl. With me today, I have Robert from the Strange Gods Podcast. Welcome. Hello and thank you. What's up? <laughs> thank you. I, you know, I really appreciate everybody who's been able to uh, stop on by and join me on this. And uh, I like uh, basically expanding the community, getting people to get to know the people that are uh, the other players, the other designers and makers. And I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I've heard through um, the other players in the DM that you've already interviewed some of the other um, um detritus in our group <laughs> uh yes uh humble joe was last night and i believe i have another interview scheduled for next week with somebody from the uh podcast cool cool so it's, been, it's been good actually i think uh humble joe and i probably could have gone on for over an hour if we didn't just have to pull the plug it That's was it, he's a yeah. good dude very knowledgeable yeah, yeah he, he really was yes um <laughs> So it was it was it was a damn good interview. So what what I'm going to do right now, Robert, is I am going to uh, hit you with five questions that I ask of pretty much everybody. Uh, sit down. Ah, they not not nothing too scary. I hope. <laughs> um, first question: Tell us about your first RPG experience. First RPG experience. Wow. Okay. So. I didn't get into RPGs until probably my freshman year of high school. So we'll say that's, I don't know, 16 years ago or something. It was right, maybe right around the time that third edition came out. Okay. Um, and uh, I was the one that reined my friends, to, reined my friends into just come and hang out at Barnes and Nobles. Cause I guess that was the hangout spot after high school. And we'd all meet there anyways for coffee and just to, shoot the shit and hang out. So um, I was like, hey, why not try out this game, uh, Dungeons and Dragons? So I ran the first little adventure out of the back of that book and have played ever since. I've not stopped since then. Um, that's the, the long and the short of it. But uh, I've always, I think for the most part, I've always DM'd. So uh, yeah. up until recently, since joining the Strange Gods, I've been more of a player than uh, a DM or GM. Yeah, I pretty much got pegged as a DM in my uh, early gaming, and my gaming group would they would other people would run like riffs or uh, Rollmaster maybe, but if it was D and D, nobody else would touch D and D but me. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why that happened. So basically, you 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 taught yourself D and D. Yeah, uh, I did. I, it kind of happened. I'd say it was like a happy accident because that was around the same time that I started getting into like uh, EverQuest and Ultima Online and playing MUDs and stuff. So I was pretty much just playing online, early online MMOs and RPGs by myself. And I can't remember exactly how I heard about D&D, but I ended up just buying the player's handbook right out of Barnes and & Noble. And, um, I've always been into like high fantasy and um, sci-fi and all that kinds of stuff. So it kind of just, it, it was a natural progression towards Dungeons and Dragons. And like the first book that I ever remember reading that was pretty hefty was, was The Hobbit. And 
I've read that in its entirety before before high school. Um, so, yeah, Tolkien for the win. <laughs> Excellent. See, it's interesting with my gaming group. Uh, when I went into the police academy, you know, we had eight months of me with weekends off, and then it was like Wednesday, Thursday, working five thirty at night to two o'clock in the morning, and we stopped gaming. But MMOs, specifically EverQuest, brought the group back together. It was strange. Oh, we, that's interesting. Yeah, we migrated to that because we we could all kind of do it on the weird off hours. And you didn't have to get everybody together. You could only do it with a couple of people. And yeah. Man, yeah. that's right. The, the days before, like high speed internet, when people learned dial up and got second phones so they could talk to their fellow players. Yeah, I remember those days. I'd have wow. to tell my mom, or she'd have to regulate me. Like, you can only play for a couple hours tonight. And I'd get a phone call and interrupt the entire game. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> oh god, I I remember that too. It's like disable call waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember convincing my my mom and grandparents to get us a second line dedicated to internet for our fourteen point four k modem. Oh god, <laughs> uh, I was super excited to upgrade to fifty six k too back then. Oh uh, oh yeah, fifty six k, which would with the newer ones that were trying to hint that they could actually kind of effectively do more than 56k yeah. not really yeah oh damn or how to cheat like with the aol if you wanted to be on aol beyond your five hours or then 20 hours you could go to their uh community area and if you if you jumped out of the community area a certain way it, it yeah. still wouldn't tag your time but you could go explore the rest of aol oh my god <laughs> now now i'm beginning to feel old oh man Crap. Me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, all right. So, what? what <laughs> oh, jeez. What is your uh, what is your go to RPG system these days, and why? Uh, go to is definitely Pathfinder. Um, because I had such an investment in third edition and three five, and um, I played fourth edition. It wasn't what I wanted out of uh out of my tabletop RPGs, you know, based around fantasy. And a friend told me about Pathfinder and it looked like 3.5 plus. So I was like, okay, it just you know, felt natural to just jump straight into Pathfinder. And I've been playing that ever since. Um, here and there, we'll pepper in some other miscellaneous games like Call of Cthulhu, or um, I convinced maybe for one summer, my group to play um, uh, Heroes Unlimited, which is an offshoot of the Rift system, which was pretty, oh. pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Except the Palladium system. Listen, I... Oh. Palladium, yeah, right. Yes. Well, well, the Palladium system was uh, Palladium Fantasy. I love the setting for that, and I, I have a signed copy of of that rule book. I think my my Rift is the first printing that was signed at my one trip to Gen Con. Oh, by, that's badass. Yeah, by Kevin Sambita and Kevin Long. Oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a lot of great Rifts campaigns. I never GM'd Rifts. I was always a player. Uh, my problem with riffs was if you didn't have a character with significant MDC, if you if you wanted to play like I don't know a crazy or a vagabond, it really it might might fit a role playing aspect, but you were gonna die right away. Oh, right. Yeah, but uh, I my I have friends in my gaming group from back then that still buy every riffs release 
as they come out. We'll get together, yes. and I just see That's a whole wonderful. shelf of it. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, I definitely love the Heroes Unlimited aspect because it made, at least it made sense to me versus just the regular riffs because you're superheroes and you can handle or deal out the mega damage and all that stuff. I just love the the randomness of all the systems and just the character creation. It was just uh, it was, was there's a lot to it. I love I love randomness in that kind of stuff. I think the first character that I rolled just for fun ended right. up being like a five foot tall human who had blue fur but was extremely skinny and could throw rocks at people. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> well, see now if you if if you like systems for the randomness, you have to play. Or at least, you know, pick up a copy of the classic Traveler rules where you can actually die during character generation. I, I've i heard about this game. I think one of my other friends was trying to get a group together to play it just because of that fact. Yeah, in high school, uh, me and my friend Andrew, we had, uh, I don't know, we were, we, had, we were like the book room monitors like twice a week. So for like a two-hour stretch, twice a week. We delivered books, but really we delivered books in about 10 minutes and spent the extra hour and 50 rolling traveler characters and seeing how many deaths we could get. Oh, wow. Is it that, that intense? Yeah, because, you, you know, it, it, it's kind of like gambling because the longer you live, the more skills you can accumulate because you don't accumulate skills during the game. The actual play of the game is more about uh, making political connections or bigger ships that's how you improve your character but the skills you start out with are based upon how you know how much you can accumulate during character generation so it was like push your luck and then like, <laughs> that's interesting oh yeah you can have a really you know it's like oh my character looks really good and oh damn it he he didn't survive <laughs> son of a i should have i should have stopped while i was ahead but yeah we, we pulled that one off <laughs> cool Cool. All right, so the next question. Uh, and since you're mostly like a Pathfinder player, you, I, I, you, I'm assuming you don't have too much experience with older editions of uh, D&D and AD&D. No, not at all, to be completely honest. Like, I not... didn't know OSR was a, was a thing until Milkor, our, our GM for Strange Gods, um, mm -hmm. kind of dragged us into it. Literally, he dragged us all by our feet. Well, the thing with the OSR or old school role playing, Renaissance, Revival, Retardation, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, what is what I like about it is, you know, I I came into gaming with first edition of AD and D, and the issue I have coming when I came back to gaming was. It's a great game and system. It is just so haphazardly put together. It doesn't like my mind now expects to find my rules pretty much laid out in a way that makes sense and one leads to the other. And the OSR has rule sets that have rewritten or re they present anew the classic white box, the first edition of AD&D, or the second edition, or the basic box. And it's much more approachable. And uh, that's why I'm such an enthusiastic uh, OSR gamer is because I can now play the games I used to play but with a system that's now written well enough that once I've read through it once or twice, I can probably 
run it without referring to the book or minimal, you know, page turning, which I couldn't do if I was running the originals as written because they just weren't well organized. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like that even with some of the, the more modern tabletop RPGs, it's like, what? how does that rule work? I still need to reference it and I still find myself, you know, flipping through the index for the glossary trying to find a very specific rule. But uh, uh, yeah, with the podcast that we're in right now is based off of um, Swords and Wizardry, which I had never heard of. Um, and just reading through the rules there, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I can it's 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 very interesting. That's just something I'm not used to at all. But uh, so far, I think we're about four sessions in, and I have to say it's 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 just as fun. Um, still getting used to the the rules of it, but uh, I mean, it still feels like a, a nice RPG to play with. Well, I, and I'm a big fan of Swords and Wizardry, uh, and I actually uh, took those Swords and Wizardry rules. And actually condense them down to four pages, three levels, four classes, and four races. Oh, wow. It's all one little photo. It's a great way to, to, if you're running a game at a convention, you can have somebody create a character in less than 10 minutes and be up and running and give them all the rules they need. But with games like Swords and Wizardry, as opposed to uh, 3X or Pathfinder, even 5e to some extent is you have to realize that there wasn't a rule to cover everything a lot of it is a give oh, yeah. and take between the players and the gm uh, i want to you know can can i you know leap that chasm i don't know can you well, <laughs> tell, you know they, tell me tell me what you're going to do to prepare no matter you do to prepare you, you know but you have to have faith in your gm yeah right which uh if you learn you're gaming with, you know, Pathfinder, and you're comfortable with the rules. And as your GM is knowledgeable of the rules, you can probably have an answer for anything that comes up from the rules. Where with old school gaming, a lot of times there is no rule for exactly what you want to try. Mm-hmm. But for most GMs, the wilder you thing you want to try, the more likely you are to succeed because it's just more fun. Right. So Rule of that's fun. how I run. It. Yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> So you want to do a flying leap from the balcony into the crowd below while wielding two weapons and you want to not actually you want to like land on somebody and stab somebody else, correct? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you know, give me a second. To, yeah, give me a, a dex check. And then uh, if you succeed on that, give me two attack rolls at minus two. Yeah, I, lo- I love that, especially when, when the player lands it. Even like, so I like to tell them like what they need to roll sometimes, just mm-hmm. so it's that much more dramatic at the table. And then when it happens and they succeed, it just makes it so much more, more exciting for everybody. Not certainly, and that's that is, uh, like I said, you have to. I think that you have to come into it with again faith in your game master. You have to be able to trust them to run the game that's not going to be fun but fair right as opposed to games that are more modern games that are more structured which have rules that are, all right let's be honest don't cover everything but we'll probably cover 90 to 95 percent of what will come up because they've Get been that <laughs> yeah well yeah but you know because like they play test these games now for like a year and a half two years whereas i'm sure back in the day these games were that sounds good. Let's run with it. 
you know, <laughs> so it, there wasn't something to cover everything. But yeah, no, it's, and I mean, you guys are playing through, I believe, the blight. That's right. Yep. That yep. Is, uh, I own it, and uh, it is. I don't know. Uh, uh, anything all, about it <laughs> all, here, all, all i'm going to say besides the fact that it's a huge book is that it is extremely well presented and it is dark i like dark stuff i like call of cthulhu and all that stuff so it fits me it wouldn't yeah. fit I, I couldn't run it for my eight-year-old niece without like you know my sister trying to you know kill me <laughs> I can't wait for our next session, to be honest. There's some, some stuff that went down. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. All right. Well, here, then I'm going to give you your uh, next question. Where do you stand on the save or die mechanic? Save or die mechanic? Oh, man. It's, uh, I mean, hey, why not? I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm all for it, to be honest. I mean... If it happens, it happens. You have your stats for a reason. It's supposed to be a representation of your character and that, that chance that your character falters in that moment, you die. Fair enough. Now, the last question before we start uh, doing the uh, grand hex crawl. You came into gaming in your high school years. Yes. What what would the teenage you think of if they could see where you are as an active person in the hobby these days? What would they think? Would they would they expect you to be where you were at or or not? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I've never reflected reflected like that. Uh, sixteen year old me versus me now. What would he think? I think I think he'd be pretty happy. I think he'd be like, yeah. That's awesome. Keep it going. This is great. It's a great hobby. I've, I've, I've never not been able to play a tabletop RPG, and you know, it's uh, it's awesome. It's great to be able to have um, friends that want to play. Also, it's there's no experience like this in the world. Just to be able to sit around a table or even online now to to play a game where everybody's cooperating to to share uh, a narrative that, you know, anything that anybody says will have such a profound or medial effect on, on, on the world that you guys are, you know, playing in. It's, uh, it's wonderful. So I think uh, I'd be, 16-year-old me would be very happy. <laughs> I'm very happy that I'm still well, able to play this, this game meant for kids. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's a game meant for kids, but it's written by adults, and right. I, I I think that RPGs are more influenced by the user than the initial writers. So, right, you can keep those same rules. Like it, rules never go obsolete. If you don't want to change from uh, 3.0 and you stuck with D and D 3.0 throughout the they don't go bad. They don't expire. You can always write your own material. It grows with you. you right. Know, and, that, and, and that's a lot of what the, like, o, the OSR is. It's uh, old fucks like me going back and rewriting stuff, representing stuff to make it more approachable to our modern audience. But we're still playing how we played back in, I don't know, late 70s, early 80s, whenever we came into it. That's kick-ass, man. 
So That's awesome. I hope to become yeah. an old fuck also. Playing, well, it, it, dude, you know, <laughs> listen. I mean, and I'm I'm 51. I mean, there there are, are old grognards that are much more uh, grumpy and fuckity than I am, but grognards. much grognards. <laughs> I don't. I'm but, not familiar with that term. Uh, grog, grognards is usually referring to uh, the real the gamers that came into uh, role playing often from wargaming in the uh, 70s because oh. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, initially built upon war gaming rules. It, that's where it grew out of, and then it became its its own uh, genre, I guess you could say. Its own part of what isn't really... It's not a board game, right? Because you don't have a board in front of you. You might have a, a game mat or a virtual tabletop mat, but much of what's going on is inside your head. And a lot of times with war gaming, a lot of what's going on is also inside your head. You're it, it, your vision of what's what's going on, so I think that's the progression that happened. <clears throat> Interesting. So n- now we're in a in, in a part of the the uh, podcast where we're, we're, you know, like I said, we're we're free ranging. We're 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 going where we want to go. What's going on? I, I I know you guys are are doing the blight podcast or. And you're gonna and you got the Strange Gods podcast. Uh, what do you what's your, what's your role in all this? So I'm uh, I'm a player, and um, it's it's interesting because the character that I ended up creating is nothing like any other character that I've made before. Um, the rules for swords and wizardry, wizardry are it's just something I'm not not used to either. Because I mean, in Pathfinder and D and D three and Five E. You're always playing these these super superheroes in the fantasy world, right? In, you you uh, got your feats, you got your skills. You're, you're... <laughs> yeah, it's super fantastic. It's it's crazy how I, I rolled super low. Um, I'm playing a very mentally deficient character, and that's something that I've never done before, even as a as a role playing coming from a role playing aspect. It's it's right. uh, it's, it's a little challenging. So uh, it's been interesting, but um, yeah, I think we're recording our, our next episode next week, and uh, I'm hoping that we we release um, uh, a handful of them at once by the end of this month. I don't know if that's exactly true or going to happen, but um, I think that's kind of what the timeline was. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting learning the new rules and the phases of battle and just how that works too compared to Pathfinder. It's all, it's a lot different, but um, it still has the backbone of a classic, classic RPG. Yeah. It's a little bit more freewheeling, Uh, you know, and uh, like I said, it it encourages one to think out of the box because uh, there's the mindset of, well, if it's not on my character sheet, I don't have it. And then, and that's what a lot of, you know, you know, five E and and Pathfinder sometimes, you know, comes down to, or at least a feeling of that to some people. And then you play a game like Swords and Wizardry or Labyrinth Lord, and it's like I have no skills on my sheet. How do I know if I can ride a horse? Right. <laughs> well, uh, tell me your background, and then we'll decide whether or not you have, you know, skills to do X, Y, and, and, and Z. Which is yeah, it, it's it's liberating, and then I'm sure at the same time. It's a little scary. It's, uh... I, think, 
there have been a couple of times where we've been bogged down a little bit when it came to like certain skills or just how to determine a check or something. But um, after we get over that hump, everything just kind of rolls on, which is nice. Well, and that's and that's a funny thing is that uh, like a lot of the older rule sets didn't have anything like an ability check. So yeah, when I when I ran AD and D back in the uh, you know early eighties, early and mid eighties, we always used the rule of roll your ability score or under. But I don't know where it came from. Oh, it was that's just interesting. yeah, it was just something I guess that was. And this is before the internet, but this is what one gaming group was doing, and some other gaming group picked it up, and it just became part of our nature. Cool. I've also, I've also seen the uh, the 3D6 mechanic, where you roll into your stat with 3D6, and if it's really hard, you got to roll 46. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's that's cool. You know, so that way you can have like a difficulty adjustment built into the mechanic. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's stuff that. Sense. Yeah, it, and I'm thinking that a lot of the stuff was probably picked up from other uh, of the earlier role-playing games. I think uh, Traveler, not Traveler, uh, Tunnels and Trolls had a mechanic that was kind of like, you know, if it's, you know adding a die if it's d- difficulty. I, I should know. I There's like seven different editions, and I own six, but mm-hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember perfectly on that one. So... And now, how many episodes of the Strange Gods podcast is is out there in the wild? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think there might be close to 10. I could be very wrong about this. Um, And Melkor might kill my character. Oh, there's 16. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 16 of the Strange Gods podcasts. podcast um this it's based off of the jade regent adventure path uh from pathfinder and paizo right um i am not part of that project but um it's uh still fun to listen to um yeah so i'm in the swords and swords and misery podcast is what we're calling it for the swords and wizardry game well i'm gonna tell you uh publicly right now uh when it does go up the uh, the blight with the swords and wizardry rules. Somebody from the podcast should definitely reach out to me for two reasons. One, I'll I'll share it out in the blog side and give it a mention on the podcast. But additionally, I am the convention coordinator for Frog Guy Games, so I do work with Frog Guy Games, and I'm sure I can convince them to uh, include it into one of their uh, I think twice a month emails that go out to their readership. Oh man, that would be freaking sweet. So, uh, please, you know, somebody should should pay me because I remember <laughs> I, I I do have connections with the company and I know the person who prepares those emails, so we could probably get that done and they'd love to to share that out. Oh man, that'd be that'd be badass of you. Okay. So. Hell yeah, that's cool, man. Sweet. I I, I try. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> no, I've seriously. I mean, that's that's an opportunity that shouldn't be missed either by by you all or by Frog God. The, the synergy there is perfect, so certainly going to make that happen. Cool, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to play the next game and, and get the get our first couple episodes out. Hurry up and edit them, Melkor. Hurry. 
hurry, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up. <laughs> but again, you know, give me the heads up and I'll, I will definitely make sure that uh, stuff happens. For sure. So no, <laughs> no, 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 not, not at all. I, God forbid there's a rush. Actually, I, I should look up on my, on my uh, chart. When, when, when am I talking to, uh, to Melkor? Hold on a second here. Um, Melkor is on uh, Saturday the twenty sixth. Oh, so, nice. so yeah, you know what? If if he gets his uh, as a motion now, this might be a perfect timing for him to mention <laughs> the release of it. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm just right. You know, in a perfect world, the synergy would be. Yeah, you know, it uh, it could line up. It could line it could, up. Eh, perhaps. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, Rabbit, you have convinced me. I'll look for Muggsy in the city. Uh, but, so do you, uh, do yeah. you play... What games do you play currently? Uh, currently, I haven't had a chance to play as a player. Oh, no. In uh, a bit over a year. Oh, well, wow. Actually, I actually wasn't even a player. I was running a, a, like that game three days a week. And uh, pretty much November of 2017, I think I went to GaryCon and ran a couple of games at GaryCon and came back and I was exhausted. Gave up the reins and uh, DMing. And, you know, I might have popped into a session or two irregularly after that, but no, I, I, I'm looking to get back into it for 2019, but I've, I've been running games at conventions. I I no longer even playing games at conventions, but I I I've I run them. My wife gets to playing games at conventions. <laughs> oh, you guys should uh, should double team and play. Uh, I I I'd love to. Usually though, I don't know what my schedule is, and and until they they tell me. Okay. <laughs> they huh? they those people those people at Frog God Games those evil people that you know pay my hotel fee, you know, my hotel bills and my, <laughs> and my convention fees so I can sell stuff at the table like The Blight and uh, run games. I, I, <laughs> listen, if, if, if I could have dreamed what I'd be doing in retirement, this is certainly not I would have ever dreamed of, but it's beyond any of the dreams I could have had. It, it is, hey, man, it sounds like a good gig. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I, have, I have no complaints, and as as Pex told me very recently, he's like, you got to apologize to Rachel, my, my wife. I go, why? Because we got you working full-time again. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, I've been filling out this, the, those pocket calendar books with everything I'm doing. I'm like, oh, my God. I am working <laughs> full-time. How did that happen? Shout but out no, to Pex. Yes, but no, it, it's just a beautiful, uh, again, I have no complaints. And cool, if I do man. complain, somebody should just shut me up because I have no right to. <laughs> Is that Pex's job? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a left-handed person, so Pex is my right hand. But uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm a lefty, too. What's up? Yeah, you know, like, lefties, we have trouble using, what, scissors? Uh... <laughs> no, I think it's the scissors are just made incorrectly. That's all. Yeah, I know that that's annoying. Although I, of course, I I throw a baseball with my right hand because my father oh. would only well, my father bought a glove that he could use, so I had to learn how to throw <laughs> righty. Uh, I can do darts with either hand. Oh wow! Uh, uh, I bowl righty. Wow! Uh, and I shoot lefty. 
See, I'm all I'm I'm all lefty. I'm yeah, I can't do anything with my right hand. That'd be like my character in the Swords and Misery podcast, trying to ah, use my right hand. There you go. Well, it's <laughs> it, it, it funny too. My my niece is a lefty, and I was like, I'm taking yeah, over the world. Man, and she's eight, and I've and I've told her, I go, you're lefty. That's great, because you know I don't watch. She's like, why? Because because if you plan it right, you're going to be a lefty. But you'll also have some right-handed skills that will surprise people. <laughs> uh, pepper and some normalness. Yeah, just just some. Keep keep them on their toes. <laughs> That's cool. Well, listen, Rob, I I I want to thank you for uh, for joining me tonight. Yeah, it was fun. It, good it's, it's, it's good, man. And uh, you know, I I, I hope the, uh, the the listening community, uh, strange gods podcast you can look it up on google that's uh that, from what i can tell you guys are up on pretty much all the uh podcast catchers yep even spotify even spot uh, you know I, i'm on spotify and i think i get like three plays a week right. <laughs> yeah spotify is not really a, a podcast platform no no <laughs> apparently it's itunes but who, who, who am i to say but I, seriously, I, I really appreciate this. I'm, I'm glad that we're going to get a chance to uh, talk with another member of your uh, podcast next week. Cool. Damn, cool. damn ja January is going by real quick. Yeah, it's already, uh, we're already halfway through it. What the hell's yeah. going on? Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> well, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, uh, be safe. God bless. Roll your dice well. Uh, I will talk with you tomorrow. Robert will be uh, talking with you all when his next podcast goes up. Mm -hmm. And we're going to wish you good night, folks. Good night. Good night, everybody. And yeah, it's a delay leaving, folks. I screwed that one up. Bye. <laughs>